0: So here at Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures, we're thirty plus episodes in, and early on, you can definitely tell there was a theme to our episodes—the type of music that we were exploring—and that changed a little bit. We were all about the ballads early on—the Corey Hart, the John Secada, the Michael Bolton's—all uh, of those, all of those um, sort of ballad songs—and then we took a di- bit of a different path. We listened to a couple of bangers out there, Uh, Easy Lover, um, Call Me Maybe, like some more really poppy songs. But now, we're coming back. I don't know if we're back for good, but we're coming back.
1: Great transition. We are doing Take That's Back For Good today.
2: Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean.
1: I want to kind of put out an apology here. There was a comment on our Facebook page from uh, our good friend, Chris Jones, who lives in, I believe, in Warrington in England. And he wrote in, please more from the sin bin, because he wasn't thrilled that we were doing so many great songs.
0: Yeah, but uh, we, we explained this already. A guilt-free pleasure can really be any any song. Uh, it can be a guilty pleasure that we're explaining away the guilt, or it can just be a great song, and that's why it's guilt-free. And bringing up this song, with Take That especially,
1: this is a song from our high, like grade 12, I think grade 12-ish?
0: Yeah, grade 12 OAC, like grade 13, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is. And if you don't know what grade 13 is, it's uh, it's it's an Ontario thing.
1: Yeah, so our kind of another lab getting ready for university. Yeah. and. And for us, Take That was this sort of novelty boy band. And I remember when Frank said, let's do Back for Good, I thought, oh, I don't have a lot to say about this. Aren't they a boy band from England? And I didn't really think it was a big deal. And then I dove into the world of Take That and I realized possibly Chris Jones and family will say, wait a second, Take That is a national treasure. And these guys are just acting like it's a guilt-free pleasure.
0: Yeah, no, the, and... uh I'm I'm jumping ahead here and and I know that but when when Take That initially broke up um there were hotlines set up for depressed teenagers who like they said that in England the uh, the breakup of Take That was uh, rivaled only by the breakup of the Beatles incredible yeah
1: uh, so our UK listeners please reach out to us let us know what you think of Take That we think uh, they are most definitely a guilt-free pleasure, and I must say, I have spent the last couple of days in the world of Take That, and they're way better than I could imagine, and I wouldn't even put the word boy band to them anymore.
0: No, they, they kind of start. Uh, they were formed as a boy band in the sense that, uh, you know, there were auditions for for the different uh, uh, the different uh, parts in the band and everything, but that's kind of where it ended. Uh Gary Barlow who is a who's the lead singer and like let's let's take a, another step back that Robbie Williams was in this band. Like Robbie Williams went on to have a huge career in the in the early 2000s uh, early to mid 2000s and everything. He wasn't even the focal point of the band. Gary Barlow was he wrote all of the songs. So that that's kind of where the the boy band thing ends with the band is he's writing and producing all of their songs. And um, uh, I'm getting a look from Bill that says he it wasn't all of their songs, a lot of their songs, a good chunk of their songs,
1: especially towards especially towards the end there.
0: Yeah, but um, like that that's kind of where uh, they weren't just sort of dumped into that song making machine and sort of you know turn the crank and uh, and a song comes out, but uh, they were actually writing their own music.
1: Yeah, and so they built the band around Gary Barlow. Initially, from what I can gather, they the um, Nigel Martin Smith, the uh, the agent or the uh, what do they call it, an agent? Yeah, manager. He's the manager. Yeah. So Nigel Martin Smith, the manager who put them together, he he had an idea of making a new Kids on the Block for England or UK rather. Sorry, but um, when Gary Barlow showed up and demonstrated that he could write, which was a shock to um, Nigel Martin Smith. Then they got new ideas of how they would build this band. So they built it around Gary Barlow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank, do you know the names of all the
0: members? Yeah, because I have the Wikipedia page in front of <laughs> okay, me. Good. Well, there's Gary Barlow and uh, Robbie Williams the um, that I mentioned already. Yeah. Mark Owen. Yep. Howard Donald. Yep. And Jason Orange. There you go. That is the band. Now,
1: Robbie Williams was 16 when yeah. they started. And Barlow was, I think, 20 when they started. So... I mean, Robbie Williams was quite young. And then you had um, Howard Donald being the slightly older one. I think he was 22. 21. 22 when they yeah. started, yeah. Yeah. And then Marco and Jason Orange, somewhere in between. But you have like, um, some of them were primarily more dancers than they would have been singers. Yeah. And and Gary Barlow, of course, was primarily a singer. So, yeah. I mean, there's quite it's quite a history. I, I watched the uh, For the Record documentary from 2005, I believe. I learned a lot. <laughs> So I, I could go on for hours. I'm not going to.
0: Well, I mean, I, we're. I don't know if we jump into it now or later. We might as well jump into it now. But uh, it was probably brought up in in the documentary. So shortly after Back for Good uh, was was released and was their their biggest single. That's when Robbie Williams left. Yeah. Um. He lived a bit of the party lifestyle, and they they gave him an ultimatum. And it was basically, um, you're with the you're cleaned up and with the band, or or you're gone. And he's just like, well, oh, see ya. Yeah. He was uh, partying with uh, Noah Gallagher a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, hey, that's a tough one. Yeah. He um he was pretty hard on the band, too. I know there's a lot of animosity between Robbie Williams and Gary Barlow there at the beginning. They talk a lot about this in that documentary. Yeah. And Gary Barlow took pretty hard hit in the years following Take That. He had, he had some number one singles, but then fell on some hard times in terms of the public's perception and sort of general meanness towards him. Mm-hmm. But... As with the uh, ultimately the theme of our show is that time will tell where you stand. And now that we are almost 30 years removed from this song, it has held. Not only has this song held that Gary Barlow has written, but it's recognized as one of the greatest songs written in sort of modern times.
0: Yeah. So, is this the part where I bring up that, uh, Bill, I'm asking you to clean up your life and, and stop partying? It's the podcast, or is the podcast, or, or, or partying with Noah Gallagher? But I need you to choose right now. It looks
1: like it's going to be another 15 years before we can do another
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh, yeah, so, well, let's dive into the song that Gary Barlow wrote this song. He wrote this song on a four day sort of respite that he had between a tour of Japan with the band. And then when he got back to his flat or wherever he was living, he had four days and they said, you have four days, you need to write some songs. He was just sitting there. He'd just broken up with his long-term girlfriend.
2: And and he
1: thought, I want to write something that's not just written for 15-year-old girls. I want to write something for me. And so, he's about 25 at the time. Mm -hmm. And he writes, he comes up with this song about back for good. She's gone. He's feeling alone. And then the song just comes out pretty quickly. He writes it pretty quickly. Yeah. So this is, and I, I was surprised. I thought there'd be a team of writers. He's the sole songwriter. Yeah. So
0: that's incredible. Hmm. And it and it's um. Well, that that makes sense. I mean, there's obviously an influence behind the song. It wasn't just like a general apology song. He's he's uh actually writing it from from an experience, right? So yeah. that's uh um that makes sense to me now.
1: You can feel the hurt.
0: Yeah. You can hear the hurt, rather. Or oh, you can see the hurt in the video, too. Right? You can feel, hear, and see yeah. the hurt. You can almost taste it, I would say, sometimes. What other sense is there? Smell? Uh, so yeah. Can you smell? Can, s- can How do you smell hurt? I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, do we want to start with lyrics or the sound?
0: Let's talk about the sound. Okay. So, it was uh, brought to my attention today from uh, from a a uh, fan of the show and, and a friend of a friend of the show uh, that she couldn't put her finger on what the, what the opening chords sounded like. Um, and then uh, it was, I think it was this afternoon. She said, it's a uh, Tom Petty. It's free falling.
1: I have the same thing written down here, so I was thinking the same. I was trying to think about which Tom Petty song it was. Originally, I had "Into the Great Wide Open," mm-hmm. but then I, it was "Free Fallen. So, Yvonne, well done. Yeah, Do we well Yvonne has a title.
0: Yvonne has a title. So um, this is this is brand Yvonne, new what's our title for social media coordinator, mm-hmm. um, or manager, Do you, H- director? Oh, maybe our Nigel Martin Smith. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she. she She's, she's she's managing she's managing the podcast here for us. You get 10% of the
1: zero profits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, we've thrown a lot of money into it. Does she have to throw in 10% yeah, then yeah, or no? Yeah, you owe us some money. Yeah, this is fantastic. So, uh uh just full disclosure, if you hear someone typing notes in the background, that's uh that's Yvonne who has graciously decided to take on our social media presence. It's it's might be I won't say it's lacking but it could be goosed up a little bit. Thanks, Frank. Really appreciate that. Okay. Oh, great. Now I <laughs> now, now I have to write my apology song. Jeez. <laughs> it's going to start off with uh, Tom Petty's uh uh Free Falling. That's that's how my my apology. Have song. you re-list have you re listened to the beginning of Free Fallen? Uh no cuz it, it was it was kind of in the back of my head, like, you know, this sounds really familiar. And it wasn't until, uh, again, Yvonne said that to me, I'm just like, yes, that's what I was thinking of.
1: So I'm going to play it for you here, just okay. so you can hear the beginning.
2: Yeah. She's a good
1: Okay, so that's the beginning. Yeah. All right. So remember what you heard. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to put on back for good again.
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: it's, it's the cadence uh, and uh, the, uh, Time Signature? Yvonne, is that correct? Time Signature? I'm, I'm getting a uh, sure-why-not look. The, <laughs> the thing about it is there's the feel of that song that feels like
1: in my head, it's the exact same chords. But when I listen, it's really just that opening strum.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then it diverts quickly. But in my head, it's free-falling. So there's no, like, there are times, there's a lot of artists who Tom Petty's had to suggest that he gives his uh, half the profits to. I think Sam... Oh, what's his name?
0: Oh, Sam Smith.
1: Yeah, so Sam Smith had to give half for, oh, okay. for one of his songs. It might have been sounded like "Free Fallin." Oh, okay. yeah, 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 or it "Won't Back Down." Might yes,
0: yes, 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 that's right. And, yeah. and
1: so, but this one's I thought it was exactly the same, but when I hear it, there's a difference. But the feel for it, sure is it, there because it, we it's really, all felt it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's that opening chord, right? Yeah, and and uh, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And I have the question: How many songs kind of open with a chord like that? there's another one that I, I i was thinking torn by natalie and bruglia but it, yeah. i don't think it was okay yeah there there, there is another one that i uh, uh i remember hearing recently and I'm just like that it's just free falling right but i it's uh i can't think of it off off the top of my head
1: but there's something about beginning that way that does harken back to it
0: yeah 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 exactly right
1: and the producers I watched an interview with them where they talked about how they needed something to open up the song. Yeah. And that was one of the ones they cho- They wanted to do that. And they thought it was a perfect opener. Because yeah. the original song, written as it was, was much more piano-y. Oh, okay. More flourishes and that sort of thing. But they wanted to open it up and give it space to breathe.
0: Ah, like a fine wine.
1: Yes, that's right. So they- 30
0: years later, this is – or 25 years later, this, uh, this song is a fine wine. Yeah. Basically, we decanted it
1: for 25 years. Yeah. So, if you listen to the opening of the song, there is this sort of space between when the song begins, when he says, I guess now it's time. Yeah. The piano is just kind of playing, but not going crazy. That mm-hmm. happens a bit later. Yeah. But they, they, they're they purposeful to make sure it, there's this sort of space. And it works really, really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess now it's time. For me to give up. I think it's time.
1: does this feel dated at all no not that I was going to say the same it doesn't feel like it's from the 90s
0: yeah i mean that might just be like our own sort of nostalgia speaking like like let, let, let's be honest like the early 90s were, were 30 years ago and i i hear songs from the early 90s and I'm just like this song could still play today it's like no maybe it's just because like that's when i grew up and I would listen to it, and I had such great experiences with it. But I do legitimately think that this uh, this song could could still play today. Like an Ed Sheeran could could pull this off, right? Yeah,
1: most definitely.
0: I don't know what else Ed Sheeran sings other than that uh, really weird scene he had in Game of Thrones. But uh, I feel like he he could he could he could sing this. Okay, I got that feeling.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, there we go. There's a category, right there. <laughs> The um the backing vocals that's where the rest of the band comes in and we yep. we talked about this I think earlier where where it's just really is a Gary Barlow
0: yeah What song <laughs> it's a it, the word you're looking for is song Some,
1: uh, it's the one where the word where it's production no uh, it's like uh, where you're bringing somebody out zebra. on display like a zebra you would bring on display mannequin nope that's not it is a Gary Barlow tour de force
0: no that's No, that sounds like a disaster movie. (laughs) Sorry. Oh wait, wait. I got exhibition. Okay. Yeah. I'll. Yep. Okay. Gary Barlow is an exhibitionist.
1: Okay. So the backing vocals you have are the other four members of Take That. Yep. And surprisingly, Robbie Williams is the one doing the falsetto vocal. I didn't realize that. So I listened to the the I watched the documentary, and they had each of the tracks separated and played them. Mm -hmm. It was impressive. So a thing about this boy band is they can sing. Yeah, and so um, when they play this live, when you can finally get to hear it live, which is more recently, Mm -hmm. they they sound
0: great. Yeah, the kids got chops. I think I said chops in about just every other every other episode that we've done.
1: One more thing to say about that opening: yes, the producers said they want it to sound like the beginning of Maggie May. Okay, Rod Stewart. Okay, I don't think it's it <laughs> no, sounds, no, 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 no. I think they got free falling. They went. They tried to go for Rod, yeah. and they went for and, Tom instead. And yeah. So here's a surprise thing: they opted not to do a key change.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that really surprised because we were listening to the song again right before uh, we we started recording and and the bridge happens. And right after the bridge, I'm like, here comes the key change. Because in my mind, that's the perfect spot. Like that's a Bon Jovi-esque spot for a key change. And in my mind, I I believe that it was. And then as soon as I said it, it just like I I was made to look the fool because there was no key change.
1: So the engineer, I think his name is Chris Cameron, was so proud that they did not do a key change. Really? So instead he said... This is where every other boy band, especially the bands now, would go for it. We we played it back, and we ah, or, or we held back, which okay. it works. This is how the song has kind of it holds its own. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Sort of a brilliant move, even though you you'd want to swing for the fences, yeah, to to just go for the uh, the the double to to rack up the RBIs. We'd yeah, go. exactly.
0: So I remember back in high school and yeah, it must've been grade 12 or, or maybe our OAC year, but, uh, uh, and I was embracing more and more my, uh, I'm going to call it my sensitive side in terms of like listening and, and appreciating and actually telling people that I listened to ballads and, and, and songs like this, it wasn't necessarily hip or cool, but, uh, neither was I. So, I remember uh, a friend, a friend of ours in in high school, um, Andrew. We we talked about this song. We listened to it like a lot. I, I bought the CD at one point, and um, and we were talking about the song and and talking about the video and, and uh, just kind of what it meant. And I remember him saying, "Guys like singing their hearts out, singing in the rain. That's the kinds of guys we are, Frank. That's us." and I, I really sort of brought that to heart and you know, i just like maybe i am this guy maybe i am uh say anything maybe i am back for good like this is this is yeah the it, it was it was kind of i don't want to call it an awakening uh, quickening
1: <laughs> yes good one yeah
0: <laughs> yeah we talk baseball we're talking the highlander again <laughs> but no no this was this was a really uh, uh important song to me back in back in high school but it was still one of those one of those things that i only really admitted to it uh it to a, like a couple of people that i, I really love this song bill i don't think you even knew that i love this song back in high school
1: i was surprised you even picked this song so <laughs> i'm glad you did because i've i love it now i didn't really think much about it back yeah, yeah. then because i remember you and andrew loving it and uh i remember Andrew doing slow dancing to it by himself, which was fantastic. We just, <laughs> Seriously? To, yeah, that's <laughs> that uh, about right. <laughs> university, yeah, I'm sure he's glad I'm bringing this up. But yeah, the, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, he has a, he has a couple of things to say about the song. Too, he does, he? he does. Yeah. We're gonna bring that up. So we actually reached out to Andrew, and um, we have a special little treat here. This is, uh, well, Andrew is a he's a professor of English. Uh, dr pendakis
0: yeah so you can you can tell that in in his description of the song it's uh it's professory yeah is that is, a word
1: yeah, it's a high level stuff here so yeah i'd like to refer to this as the pendakis analysis and so we'll we'll get his thoughts on the lyrics here
3: okay bill so i've been i listened to <laughs> To take that, which I haven't heard in probably a decade, and your instincts were right. Probably listened to that song a hundred times with, with Matt Warner, alongside Neil Diamond, Shania Twain, what have you, right? I know that song well. Um, it's funny to listen to it again, though, and see it. It's it's strange to me now because I think it's a very odd song lyrically. I don't. I can't tell you what's going on in it. I mean. At first, it seems to be, it, it one wonders if it's a song about him. Is he addressing the song to his beloved, his lost beloved? Or is it a monologue? I'm more tempted to think that it's a monologue. This is the kind of interior monologue of somebody who's long been separated from somebody. But we don't know, because the first line of the song says something to the effect of, uh it's time to give up which is suggestive of there having been this a uh, long elapse of time right but the 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 um lipstick is still on the coffee cup which suggests a different temporality uh and of course the cups being incorporated into this kind of like museum of heartbreak or something and he's he's like commemorating the the breakup in this kind of obsessive compulsive I have structure, right? And I think there's a, there's the suggestion that maybe he's been obsessing over this person. But what stands out for me now hearing it, and this is the same uh, response that I have to most of uh, Backstreet Boys, is just how deeply childish and naive and shallow his relationship is to the, to his, his lost object, right? That there's no real sense that he's processed. The, the break, the break is, or the, or the thing that triggered the break. He said, whatever I, whatever I've done, I didn't mean it. Whatever song you want me to sing, I'll sing it. It's just this kind of childish uh, desire to repair the breach, but without doing any of the work to understand and then avoid some kind of future conflict, right? He's simply desiring an end to the pain of the break but without any of the 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 capacities or basic kind of interest in learning about himself and about her such that that won't happen again. So it's bizarre. It's a really weird song. And it's this kind of desperation in it, right? And a banality. I don't know. I mean, though the song itself, the actual, the lyrics don't mesh well with the feeling, because there is a real pathos to the song and it's touching to me but i had never actually reflected on the lyrics and how there's a, a how childish there basically to me it strikes me as is a kind of deeply childish desire to have restored to the thing that's been lost uh, but without trying to work out why why that happened in the first place
2: i guess now it's time for me to give up i think it's time got a picture of you beside me got your lipstick marks still on your coffee cup oh yeah
1: okay so first verse frank um i i almost want to just walk through i love the i know andrew's got a lot to say about the, yeah. the lyrics itself i i love the lyrics for its sort of oddness too
0: it's oddness and simplicity right yeah um there's yeah because it doesn't start off it kind of starts with an with an opening it doesn't jump right into a verse or a chorus it, it kind of has that that opening to i guess now it's time for me to give up i feel it's time i i feel like that's almost a little bit separate from a from an opening verse right yeah it's a it's it sets the
1: stage for for where the song is located right in terms yeah. of Okay, where is he? He says, now it's time to give up. So, he begins by saying, okay, it's time to give up. So, you get the sense there's been a passage of time mm-hmm. and so, he's he's on the verge of just walking away and then he describes that he's got a picture of her beside him and then he says, got your lipstick mark still on your coffee cup, which is a just a gem of a line Yeah, because you immediately kind of get what's going on. Like Andrew says... There's, there's an odd like. Has he? How long has this cup been there? Like, did he save it? Is this like? Perhaps when he wrote this song, if he, if he's thinking about this, he's, he never did all the dishes when he left. He came back, and there is the lipstick still on the coffee cup, and it brings back the emotion, which is the next line. But he says, "I got a fist of pure emotion."
0: That I, I don't know what to make of that one. Could you help me with that, Frank? So my, I, I've been thinking about the lyrics a little bit, and um, so the opening line. I don't know if there has been necessarily a, a large passage of time. My 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 knee-jerk reaction to this is I guess now it's time for me to give up. I feel it's time. My feeling is the breakup's still relatively recent, but yeah. they were struggling and they were right. having problems leading up to the breakup. Right. And so they were they were talking through it and then they 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 just decided at that um you know, recently it's time to, it's time to give up. So maybe it was the day before, and then he's having sort of that, that remorse, that, that regret, just like, you know, maybe like I got, I got a picture of you beside me. I got your lipstick mark just on, uh, still on your coffee cup. So that was like, you know, she was just over the day before they were having coffee in in the morning and unfortunately they 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 decide to break up and i think maybe it could be this is again my my feel on this is it's it's kind of the uh, the next day regret right like you break up and you're just like oh what have we done we were so good together and and now this is like the The wanting her back and and just like, uh, it's like, I've made a huge mistake like uh, in in Arrested Development. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, he gives that image of having a fist of pure emotion. So, you get that sense he's clenched his fists. Yeah. And then he says, I got a head of shattered dreams, which I I like this sort of blend there where he's, where you can get that picture of the fist. Yeah. And then he also talks about the dreams being shattered. So, he's bringing that together. Yeah. Says he's got to leave it all behind. And then we head into that chorus. Yeah. Which doesn't jive. Totally with what, because if he's leaving, now he's saying, no, no, no. And then he, well, I guess it makes sense, because now it's like he realizes whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good.
0: Yeah, I think it's a conflicted man, right? Yeah.
2: Got a fist of pure emotion, got a head of shattered dreams, to leave it, gotta leave it all behind now. Whatever I said, whatever I didn't mean it i just
0: want you back for good i, I will agree with andrew here with the uh, um with the with the course though the there there is a it is a little bit juvenile because i think i've apologized in the past like this how did it go do you see me with anyone, Bill? Like this is, <laughs> that's, right. that's how well it went. All right. Well, <laughs> no, it, it's just like it's like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. What I, whatever I did, like I'm sorry, and, and it, it's just like, yeah, it's just like he he wants to apologize, but without figuring out exactly what he did wrong necessarily. Well, um, there's a rule from our friend
1: Tom, who's a lawyer in yeah. the in the area, and he says the last thing you tell a judge is that you didn't mean. You didn't mean to do what you did. Yeah. So, when OJ Simpson was in front of the judge after he had tried to... Uh, get his stuff back by holding people hostage and putting a gun to their head yeah before his sentencing he said to the judge listen i'm really sorry i didn't mean to hurt anybody and tom said that's the last thing a judge wants to hear is that you don't understand your actions yeah because that means you are going to jail for a long time because you're not someone you want in society who doesn't understand what they did wrong yeah so i think the tom rule here would also work where he's saying whatever i said whatever i did i didn't mean it like but how could you say
0: you don't? You didn't mean it if you didn't know what you said. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, Gary.
0: But I mean, it, it, it makes sense in the, in in the terms of a song, right? That's totally. just sort of reaching out to like a general public. I mean, I'm sure he didn't want to air out his specific dirty laundry at this point and just like and apologize for whatever it is that he did specifically to his longtime girlfriend that <laughs> uh, that caused the breakup. But uh, yeah, no, I like. I I get it but it, it yeah there there is a bit of a uh, it, it's it, it's a bit of a I don't want to use the word childish but it, there is a bit of is it, it is an immature apology right right but
1: this is what I like about love songs most yeah. of the songs that we do actually most love songs in general What I like about it is that it's immature because love songs, almost by necessity, in our culture, have to be immature. They're not going to sing about. They rarely sing about the humdrums of life, where love carries on, and you're they. Instead, they just want to talk about love at first sight. They want to talk about that, and they call that love, which is really not what love would be in terms of our real understanding of it, in terms of what a long life would look like together with someone. And so I, am all for the sort of pure emotion of a guy saying, "Hey, whatever I did, I'm sorry," which is something a guy would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So now, next verse is my favorite verse because it is the most impenetrable to me of the verses. Yeah. So I'm going to read it out. You Tell me what you think. Here we go. All right. Unaware but underlined, I figured out the story. No, no. It wasn't good. No, no. But in the corner of my mind, corner of my, my mind. mind, I celebrated glory, but that was not to be. In the twist of separation, you excelled at being free. Can't you find, can't you find, a little room inside for me?
2: Unaware but underlined.
1: Whoa. This I, is awesome.
0: I, I like this verse, but um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to let you take this because I just don't... Under, like I'm not following it necessarily. All right. It's, here's it's what difficult I've... difficult for me to, to understand. Yeah. And this is just... I'm a simple man. <laughs> well, here we simple go. Simple wants and simple needs. I just want to know what love is.
1: And you just don't know what you did wrong, but you're sorry you did it.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I didn't mean to hurt anyone, Judge. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, the opening line is unaware, but underlined. I figured out the story. So, it's going back to the chorus okay. where he's saying he's unaware of what he did, but he's underlined something. So, he's talking about the story. He's figuring out the story. Oh, okay. He's underlining things, oh, okay, but he's unaware. Yeah, yeah. So, it's and, more literal than, than I thought. Yeah, I think so. And when he says it wasn't good, I think he's actually realized what he's done. He's underlined it in his story. Uh,
2: okay. And so,
1: in the corner of my mind, I celebrated glory, but that was not to be. So, I think the glory is that this relationship will last. Yeah. And then this line, and he talks about this in the documentary. Okay. I know I'm going to keep referring to it and that's I'm obsessive with this stuff, but he says... The line was, in the twist of separation, you excelled at being free. So, he says when you're separated, it it starts to twist for you when you're feeling alone and it's tough for the person feeling it. That would be him. But the woman he was with is actually enjoying her life. And so, this is where in the twist of separation, you excelled at being free. And then he's asking, can't you find a little room inside for me? And so... That also kind of brings you back to the corner of my mind where he was trying to celebrate glory. Now he wants mm-hmm. a little space in her life or a little room. It's, it's, a, it's a, for a 25-year-old writing this, to me, this is great. Now, of course, I speak as a high school English teacher. I'd be like, hey, this is great. This is better, what I would, better than what I would write or this is all I want. I don't need you to write a Leonard Cohen song. Yeah. No, thank you.
0: Maybe it's not as immature as we thought. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's deeper. And then, of course, he goes immediately to saying, whatever I said, whatever yeah. I did, I didn't mean
1: it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> so, he's still a man.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, where was uh All right, let me get back. This is, uh, I, I uh, usually don't do this, but I, but I love these lyrics. Yeah. Uh, and then by the end there, he said, we'll be together, this time is forever. And then he says, we'll be fighting, and forever we will be. And I'm like, uh like, you're fighting each other or fighting together? I think they're fighting together. Okay. So complete in our love, we will never be uncovered again.
0: I guess does that mean they're under the I, I I think I think the the sort of um the problems that they were having were exposed. Okay. That's my guess. Or not problems, but uh um sort of uh cracks, cracks in the in the relationship were exposed, right?
1: And the cover me is now we will be safe together, huddled yeah. together. Yep. Okay, all okay. right, all
0: right, Gary. Well done. Yeah. Um, so Gary, I apologize for saying that this was immature. This is no, I couldn't, I couldn't write this. Well, I couldn't write this any day.
1: but I think Andrew's analysis still stands as like there's there's a it's it's darker yeah. than than it seems but I'm still going to maintain I mean all right I'll go back that very last line is
2: I guess now it's time that you came back
1: this is the argument in front of the judge if she's the judge or the jury yeah. and so he's given this which should be okay at the end, it should be, I'm really sorry. But yeah. instead, he says, OK, it's time you come back for good. Like, in conclusion. <laughs> yeah. That might be, Gary, it works in the song. But yeah. I'll tell you, I don't think It doesn't work is, in real life. I don't think so. Well, I don't think he got back together with her. No. He ended up marrying a dancer oh, the, okay. for the band who didn't even like Take That's music. Oh, really? But he's got a really happy marriage, if I could put that out there. Well, there we go. I, I, uh, I've been accused of moralizing too much. But Gary Barlow has really, in terms no. of his life, he's got he's got a happy life going on, and things have really come together for we'll, him. We'll celebrate that
0: for, with him. Yeah, tonight we celebrate Gary's love. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, w- I want to say though, just despite the lyrics, and I know that the lyrics, it, it's an apology song, right? Like it's a, it's yeah. a song of regret. The feel of the song, it just feels like it's just, it feels like it's warm and it's hugging you. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: you'll never be uncovered again when exactly. you listen to this. I
0: just feel safe and secure every time I listen to this song. I just, I just, maybe I'm divulging a little, but I'm, I'm under a blanket. I'm just sort of like, mm, I like this song. <laughs> it's so nice, but I mean, it is about a like a traumatic experience of of a breakup and everything. But I was just like this song is just so nice, and the video. Yeah, Let, let's talk about the video here. There, there's a lot to say here. Um so it's it's shot in black and white. It's the members of the band singing and dancing in the rain in front of two old cars. Yes, very very simple. But um, the one thing that I that I. Uh, um, really uh and i was I was watching it, and there's so many different cuts of the different people and, uh in the band and everything and i and I want to make sure that I wasn't incorrect in saying this so the one of the opening scenes is the band walking towards the shelter so that they can they can sing the song right and and they're all in the rain and everything and it and it's uh they're all getting damp and wet but as the as the video goes on gary barlow is is clearly the only one that doesn't have a, have a uh, um a close up of being like caught in the rain and singing and dancing and just being drenched and and I can I can see that in the in the uh, the director's mind, it's just like, hey, the talent doesn't get wet. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Gary, stay under the shelter. I have that written down too. Oh, He's do dry the whole time. <laughs> so, These poor guys are just soaked, and everyone got the flu afterwards. Yeah.
1: So I thought it was on a stage lot, like it was rain coming down from like a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was actually
0: outside. No, there was a lot of rain.
1: Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, exactly. It was in a lot. There's a lot of rain and it was filmed in the winter.
0: Oh, jeez, Which explains the fur coats.
1: Yeah. So they, they're also allowed to bring their own clothes. Oh, okay. Although I think the fur coats might have been given to them Yeah, as like as just for the dancing. Mm-hmm. They wanted big coats on them. So, the band shows up. They said... The, the director said when the band showed up, it was like watching a presidential motorcade or the royal family show up. Oh, seriously? Up. They all came <laughs> out. They're kind of like... Uh, I guess they said when they came out, everything was kind of fuzzy for them. You know, when you cut, you're you coming into the... There's all these lights shining yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, It's weird to think of this video was actually in color when it was shot. Yeah, we yeah. We live in a exactly. color world. Well, and, the
0: world was black and white back then. Yeah, yeah. but
1: that's in my head. It's like, yeah. oh, so they were in black and white. So, they're there and they said, okay, so you're going to... We're going to... What we're going to do is you're going to dance, do these things in the rain. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to stop, get your clothes. We're going to put them in the dryer. You're going to put them on again. And then we're going to go up and then we're going to do this under the shelter. Yeah. And then you're going to do this in the rain again. Then we're going to go to the dryer, then the rain again, then the dryer. And so by do, the do, end- do you
0: think that they may have just shot the dry stuff first and then all the rain stuff second? I hope so.
1: But they definitely went back to the dryer because they wanted it to look just right.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And so, when you're watching the dance, it seems like they're kind of laughing at each other. Yeah. It also seems like a parody of music videos that do this,
0: even though I... I think they're serious. Is it serious or tongue in cheek? It's tough to say because all the, all the dance, like all the little dance moves that they're doing are just sort of cut together. They're all kind of out of context. They're just sort of jump cut all around. But I will say like the moves that they're doing in terms of like putting their jackets on and taking them off, which is, seems to be half the video. I, oh, jeez, man. I wish I was that cool. I wish I looked cool enough to be able to wear a fur coat in the rain and take it off and spin it around the way Robbie Williams did. Robbie Williams looks
1: super cool. Oh, I video. know.
0: I'm so jealous.
1: Yeah. And Howard Donald, I think, is the best dancer of the bunch. Is like, he
0: the guy with the floppy hat?
1: Oh, Shoot, he might have been. I but I know so. he he's he's able to contort his body yeah, more uh, yeah, than yeah, the yeah, others. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's Mark Owen who's just sliding back and forth yeah. against that car. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> all right, well I guess that's a move. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see I think he's the one where he's on the ground, they're laughing and, yeah, yeah. and um
0: Well there's the one move that Rob well he does the like sort of thumbs in the belt loop sort of cowboy, uh, cowboy (laughs) strap. But then he does the, the slide on his knees, like the soccer celebration arms outstretched. It's all really dramatic, right? It's, Oh my goodness. It's so good. And and this was, and like I said, when, when Andrew and I were talking about this song, it's just like guys singing their hearts out in the rain. Like that's us. Like this is like, 25 years later i still want that to be me oh the redemption
1: in the rain that yeah. cliche holds true yeah because i don't know it's somehow embedded in our collective conscious or something that yeah. we this this sort of redemption in the rain and yeah. it fits the, the tone of the song which is like you know <laughs> i don't even i don't know what more to say but yeah. it's perfect to it's, me
0: yeah it's 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 the perfect video for this song i think right
1: Here's a rumor, Frank. Did you know that the song was so good that people refused to believe Barlow had written it? So, this was written, okay. I read this online, I think it was in The Guardian. They said there was unfounded rumors that Barry Gibb wrote it to repay them for covering How Deep Is Your Love. Okay. But Gary or Barry Gibb said he had never even heard of the song in 2013. And so the, the people couldn't believe that Gary Barlow could have pulled this off, but he did. I mean, this is t- a tribute to him. Is that people can't believe a someone in a boy band would write something this powerful.
0: My uh, my question to Barry Gibb is: Have you been living in a cave, man? Like, come on! How do you not know what this song is? I know. I just said cave man.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just
1: perfect. All right.
0: Category time. Category time. Yeah. Um, no, I one one more really Go quick ahead. note I want to want to mention. Oh, um, uh, in popular culture, and and this is just a this is just a, a little, um, really quick. So, um, this song has Noel Gallagher is a fan of this song. Oh wow, he's given his his endorsement. Uh, he says, uh. You know, uh, people go on about take that, but back for good said something to me. It touches me. That's what Noel Gallagher said. He's he endorses this song, but also uh, this song played at the the very last episode of uh, The Office, the UK version. Oh yeah, and it was also in the last episode of uh, a show called Spaced, which is the the first sort of coming together of Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost who did uh Shaun of the dead uh hot fuzz and uh, the world's end together and uh you know the uh the serious listeners of this this podcast know that the winchester was named after the winchester in uh, Shaun of the dead well
1: there you go there's your connection
0: yeah thank you take that yeah but the uh the in in space sorry i I don't mean to keep rattling on, but it's 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 done it with a say anything vibe they got a boom box up and everything, and it's just it's just such a brilliant ending to to that show. It was only two seasons, but it was a it was a fun little show and just a great ending but uh yeah, let's jump into to some categories here
1: all right, the most obvious, of course, can Michael Bolton sing this? should Michael Bolton sing this?
0: <sighs> like I'm a big fan of Michael Bolton, but I don't know if he should. Yeah, I agree. No. I, the, the, this song this song is just I, I think it's a little there there's a generational gap. Yeah. Even at the time,
1: although he yeah. did he did sing I'm going to bring it up when we get to Song Universe mixtape. Yeah. He did sing a song similar to this. Okay, yeah. Um now robbie williams does a version of this
0: well he does like a rock version
1: yeah so and gary barlow gave his blessing even though they were at odds with each other Yep. to i mean it seemed more like robbie williams was that was at odds with him but gary barlow was was cheery about it i mean i would be too since it's giving me profit
0: well exactly
1: right but robbie williams does does a take i um yeah there's a request from mike spectacularish our frequent listener he wanted a happy hardcore version of this and if it existed yeah and all I could find is a Robbie Williams yeah. version close enough right yeah yeah uh okay uh this is a hallmark movie
0: yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely this is a hallmark no movie. no
1: question yeah okay um
0: but the hallmark movie would have to be shot in black and white and shot in the rain
1: yeah so whoever gets it is not just gonna get the flu then they're gonna get pneumonia yeah
0: <laughs> <Okay>. uh <laughs> mixtape mixtape i feel like i've made this mixtape like a number of times
1: okay tell me what's on it
0: well it, it's an apology song right yep so there's this song there's hard to say i'm sorry by chicago very good very good and uh please forgive me oh that's brian adams wow you nailed that
1: so i'm good for something sometimes and okay so here's the interesting part brian adams says please
0: forgive me i know not what i do yeah wow yeah exactly it's the same it's the same thing it's just like it's like i did something wrong i don't know what it is but just
1: uh, i uh, forgive me brian adams did it better in terms of being able to say i'm an idiot yeah. right Where, where in this one's like hey whatever it was i'm sorry yeah, but th- yeah, yeah. at least brian adams is like listen i'm sorry i have no idea what i'm doing which is a better way of putting it mm-hmm. and then you have chicago saying it's hard for me to say i'm sorry yep well i mean this definitely that will definitely be an episode on its own yeah but that yeah. works really well in terms of i just want you to know wait, what's he saying hard to say i'm sorry Hold me now
0: I really want to tell him I'm sorry that I'm sorry I just want you to know okay he never after that, all I've said after all that we've been through I can make it up to you right. I promise to it's a lovely right?
1: voice going on there frank <laughs> it's a, a
0: terror ass <laughs> yeah
1: well i think we're gonna have to go through hard to say i'm sorry if he ever says what he's sorry for yeah <laughs> So oh,
0: i'll have to jump, jump into that song a little deeper right
1: all right i so mine isn't i i had things about breaking up so oh, okay. i had um she's gone by holland Oates.
0: also i think i've made this mixtape as right.
1: well <laughs> i have baby come back by player oh nice call and then also have Michael Bolton's "How Am I Supposed to, to live, live Without You." you. Yeah. Yes, good call. And then also Chicago's "I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love." Okay, so there's my uh, yeah. there's my mixtape.
0: Like I said, I think I've made these mixtapes. So if anyone out there who I may have given these to, if they can give them back to me, just so I can re-listen to them, that would be uh, that'd be fantastic. I'd uh, I'd like to find out what I'm sorry for. Okay, what else do I have written here? Uh, Do you want to do like song universe? Because I think uh, we we already talked about the similarities with like the opening chord with um, Free Fallen, right? Yeah. But uh, wet, wet, wet. Oh. Love is all around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call.
0: I think it has the, the very, very similar feel to it.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that would definitely exist in the same sonic universe. Yeah, yeah. Nice. How would you dance to this song, Frank?
0: Oh, in the rain. Exactly. There's there's no way... If this song is on and it's raining out, there's no way that I'm not... I'm finding the oldest car around and I'm stealing a fur coat and I'm dancing to this song.
1: We usually ask about wedding songs. Now, if this comes up at a wedding, like usually this would be a song where you dance... um, Would you dance to traditional uh, hand on the back and then hand up in the air or would you do the hip to hip grade eight style
0: waddle uh, um i i think it lends itself to the waddle but also i don't think you would dance to this at a wedding because you'd be just you'd be watching the really really awkward exchange of the the couple that's that split up but still come to the same wedding and them uh, one of them trying to win the other one back frank you just wrote our hallmark
1: movie <laughs>
0: so we're all set Yvonne, type that down <laughs>
1: okay so preamble is we 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 always want to have a closer that ends with us quoting the song so here's my preamble here all right so i know it's a tough time for everyone out there and I know in terms of my work life and in terms of family, friends, we're all having a tough go right now just trying to get through with the pandemic. And I'm hoping that what we do in our episodes is bring some joy to your life and just kind of bringing those memories back, flooding them, flooding those emotions in, and bringing you to that happier place, and just letting you know that no matter where you're at right now, Don't worry. At some point, we'll be back for good.
0: Nice.